Hello, everyone, and welcome to Monster Hour. I'm Quinn, your GM. With me today are Tio. Uh, hello, hello. I am Tio. I play Claire Claremont, the Forgotten Vessel. You remembered. <laughs> it's incredible. How, how we, we learn about how Claire Claremont behaves because it's like a clean slate every recording. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah. Hail and well met, fellow travelers. I'm Hannah, and I play Max the Paradox. And Kyle. Guten Tag. I'm Kyle. I play Duncan Oliver the Vox. Who's German this episode? Yeah, we're all German now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> folks, that's because Hannah's going on a trip to Germany. Please don't read any other we're possible getting already. thing Listen, into that. It's, it's a language immersion. <laughs> Quinn, is the Clunkanax male, female, or neuter? Is it D, der, or das, Clunkanax? It has, uh, no, no discernible gender. <laughs> Perfect. That doesn't mean anything in gendered languages. <laughs> I refer to it as an it. Its pronouns are it, its. But what income class is it in? That depends on how well you do in this episode. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. Fair. We open amidst the wreckage of the Somewhere Public Library's Grand Room, where the PTA's annual fundraiser was brought to an abrupt halt by the sudden animation and rapacious rampage of your gilded likeness, the Clunkanax. The three of you are standing outside a janitor's closet, where you briefly trapped the Clunkanax before it retreated down the drain. With you are Elodie, possessing an outsized and mildly omniscient interest in the creature's antics, and city auditor Mina Redmond, who just ruefully warned you about the impact that the Clunkanax would have on the economy. Also, with me are 12 code compliance officers. What do you do? Quinn, what do the code compliance officers look like? All 12 individuals are dressed in black suits with white undershirts. They have what appear to be red ties, but they're currently carrying them drawn in their hand. And so they, they appear actually a bit more like swords in this moment. Their facial features are so bland as to be unrecognizable, save for two fluorescent bulb eyes. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So are they going to attack us then? Because they got their tie swords drawn? No, I, I think they've lowered them all now. In fact, it, you're pretty sure they thought the Clunkanax was still here. So they were prepared to uh, try okay. to tackle it. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, Mina and, and the code compliance officers have been not physically hostile. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe emotionally hostile. <laughs> Always. <laughs> That's just how they are with us. That's a yeah. pre-existing pre condition. Certainly with you, Claire. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we have two options. One is to continue this scintillating conversation about how the Clunkanax is going to ruin the local economy or go follow it into the pipes. Mina, where does this drain go? You expect me to know the ins and outs of the plumbing of the public library? Oh, you don't. Okay. No, I, I do. That specific drain, uh, I'm not entirely sure. It, the plumbing in the public library is questionable, but eventually it all empties out into the somewhere municipal sewer. Mm -hmm. When I specifically asked if this was going to turn into a Javert situation, where and I specifically didn't answer. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> are there schematics, Mina? There are probably schematics somewhere at City Hall, or or perhaps here. Uh, I don't have them on hand, of course. Why would it have animated here? 
too much money in one place has a tendency to spontaneously animate and uh it doesn't help if everyone around is uh wait this has happened before yes it's happened before okay this is Uh, like public safety 101 what What? some of us haven't been around all the time or you know some of us um don't read or listen to or engage with the news clearly this is how the first bank of somewhere stays in business. They're careful money managers. They will ensure that if you have any substantive amount of valuables that it's stored safely and separated so it doesn't form into an amalgamation. Okay, so outside of the bank, which takes special precautions, I personally don't use banks. I don't believe in them. Of course not. All of my money is tied up in Claire coin at the moment. That scheme. You're really going through with that, Claire? It's a digital The economy is not going to like that. So wait, wait, hold up. So this has happened before. When was the last time it happened? And how did the situation resolve? Smart questions. I would have to go back and check the records, but I believe it was about 12 years ago. Somebody got a little bit careless. We had to bring in the branch manager at the First Bank of somewhere, but uh, she was able to, um, to rein it in without completely ruining the economy. Question. Again, okay, the bank is takes precautions. If you had to list in order the next three locate locales with the highest concentration of wealth, which, well, what would you put? And Claire pulls out a <laughs> notebook to write it down. It's difficult to say because we don't recognize the non-compliant part of town where all of the transactions occur, but based on our best estimates and our dutiful parking enforcement officers, uh, <laughs> We, we would guess that certainly, number one, First Bank of Somewhere. Number two, probably the space that is unrecognized. Number three... Don't uh, say Normal Brewing. Don't say Normal Brewing Company. Don't say Normal Brewing Company. Oh, no. They're, uh, I mean, they do a good business, but uh, not quite the same. Um, <sighs> okay. Probably the city treasury. Cool, cool, cool. Mm. Okay. Mm. I, I turn to Max and Duncan and whisper very loudly... So I think the bank can tell us how to fix this. And probably we should go to our Sunday brunch spot. I mean, the place that we don't go because the mar- you, you're not supposed to go there. That seems like it might be the next location or set up at the treasury and wait. I'm sure a lot of these pipes end up at the place where we're not supposed to go to, but we do go to all the time. Uh, I have a membership card. You don't need. That's a scam. You don't need a membership <laughs> card. <laughs> Claire, I I'm get sorry. valet parking when okay. I when okay. I use it. Claire, right. when you get your valet parking, how often do you get your car back that the you same brought one. there? Yeah. Well, I don't own my own car. I borrow cars. Right. I mean, they usually do their own thing. Yes. Like Claire, animals. I am quite certain that you're serving as a fence for stolen autos. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that it's unintentional doesn't mean it's not against the law. Is that a tax write-off? No, it's definitely not. <laughs> well, but I'm help. It's like it's like nonprofit giving. I'm helping entrepreneurial spirit. Yada yada yada. Someone is going to follow up with you after this for sure. But we do have more pressing matters, unfortunately. Uh, okay, I I need to go talk to finance director Bowie about this. They are not going to be pleased. Any other questions? Yeah, Mina, you're in the bureaucracy. You've got if you've yes. got connections to the 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 council thing. If you were to hypothetically want to make inflation happen, is there like a lever to pull? We certainly don't want inflation to happen. Even if we did, it wouldn't be up to us. It would be up to the economy. 
Sure, sure, sure. Director Bowie might be able to make an, an offering to stop it with the financiers, or, or I suppose he could try to make it happen, but it would be at the whims of the economy. All right, well, maybe we got to get a chat with the economy. It seems to me this thing gains power by accruing value, and inflation is one way to devalue the currency. If things get bad enough, I fear you will get your way, but that would be an unfortunate outcome for all of us. I'm sure there's something we can kill before we get there. <laughs> yes, the Klunkenax. Right, right. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Claire seems unconvinced. Claire likes the Klunkenax. It hasn't been proven that the Klunkenax is bad yet. <laughs> it ate my pogs. Mina looks at you, Claire, and like you feel that intense pressure, that intense feeling of being perceived, and her eyes narrow. And she says, Claire, the Klunkenax is not a pet. <laughs> Claire? Let's... Let's focus on capturing it, and then we'll decide what happens next. Yeah, we'll decide who's whose pet afterwards. Claire just turns and starts walking <laughs> and is hoping that you two will follow in whatever direction. You can lead her around. She's just ready to not face Mina anymore. I, I tip my flap cap to Mina. See, you got this. You'll clean up here. You got it? All right. See you later. Great. And Mina does a heel turn and starts walking out. And over her shoulder, she says, I know that you're going to the place that we refuse to recognize where all the transactions occur. And while I don't condone your behavior, if you go there, we'll focus our efforts here. Great. You focus your efforts here and we'll go do something different. Great. I'll get you a scone from that place there I know you like. Good scones. Such good scones. I don't like the scones there. How would you know? Ah! And Claire just like laughs to herself. Because they don't exist because we refuse to recognize them. Sure, sure. <laughs> Claire runs away to get the last word. <laughs> Where are you all headed? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Max does kind of want to go into the sewer. <laughs> Max, I think you see Claire walk off, and I don't know if Duncan follows or not, but Elodie has entered into the janitor's closet and has lifted up the grate and looks like she's heading down there. It sounds like, and I mean, we can split the party if we want to tackle multiple things at once, but if I've got that all right, the bank can tell us how to fix it, but odds are that it is headed to the market next. I can't remember the easiest way to get to the market, but I presumably the sewer could also lead us to the market, or that's its own exploration adventure. Given, Claire, what you experienced with the plumbing and the, the pool system in the back alley, it's pretty pretty likely those connect up somewhere. There are obviously other ways to get to the back alley, but that seems likely based on what you know. I'm down to take the sewer to the market, but I feel like Claire is probably headed to the market as the, as the ultimate goal here. So where did you walk off to? <laughs> I was just trying to get away from Mina and look cool walking off. I probably just doubled back. Okay, so Claire walks off. <laughs> Mina exits, accompanied by her entourage of code compliance officers. And after a few minutes, Claire circles back. <laughs> She's gone. It's okay. What are you all? Are, who's who's really joining cool. me in the sewer market run or doing something else? Yeah, I'll join you at the... I'm going into the sewer. Mm-hmm. Elodie hears you say that, and she looks back, and she's like, Oh, I thought you were going to go to the bank. You're coming into the sewer? Yup. <clears throat> Can't get rid of me that easily. <laughs> All right, fine. Come on. Let's go. R- oh, random thought. Mm-hmm. Look, we're always trying to improve 
our mystery monster fighting skills. Should one of us go to the bank to know how to kill it or how to capture it? Because if we get to the market and it's there, we still don't actually know what to do about it. Yeah, I can go try to talk to somebody at the bank. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Party split. Party split. Okay, so Duncan, you are going to head to the bank? Yeah. Okay. Let's follow Claire and Max for now. The two of you following Elodie's lead drop down this storm grate, this sort of large washout, into a deeply claustrophobic set of pipes. They are just big enough for a person to to fit through. This is clearly like a main thoroughfare for this piping system in the library, and it is completely dark in here. What do you do? Claire, I feel like you probably have something in your purse that emits light, whether that was its intended purpose or not. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, my teeth. They glow in the dark. (laughs) What? They're glow in the dark veneers. It's a whole new thing for going to raves. Claire, you truly light up a room. I really do. No, I have a a million watt smile for real. Uh (laughs) All right, so Claire smiles and uh, the, the pipe is lit up. This this network, uh, you can see branches out before you. The pipe that you're in kind of goes a ways and then disappears down a corner. There are numerous smaller pipes that you can't fit through that are, are sort of intersecting and crisscrossing this path. And I think you can hear just like the faintest sound of metal clanking on metal, almost like coins hitting a metallic surface. But it's, it's quite far away. It's just the, the whisper of a reverberation. Mm. I mean, I think we're going to move in that Follow that direction. Yeah. Clue. Why don't <laughs> one or both of you give me a roll to assess reality? Oh, boy. Ooh, I will assess reality. Get assessed. Well, I didn't do it very well. That's a six. Oh, no. I think I'm going to go off menu here for the miss here which is that you can follow these sounds, but the going is going to be slow. It's going to take you some time and some trial and error. And so you're certainly, you're not going to gain any ground on the Klunkenax. And in fact, you're probably going to lose ground on it through this process. But why? Because we failed. Because <laughs> it's really difficult to tell in this network of pipes that you are shimmying through where it is, where it's coming from, where it's going. But you do delve deeper, and as you go, it is slow going for a while, but you do eventually reach a broader tunnel, which you see, like, Elodie kind of, like, disappear, and then hear, like, a big splash, and then whoever's next, I assume probably Max, you reach this sort of downshaft, and then you tumble through, and then, Claire, you fall in after them. And now you're in a slightly larger tunnel, probably a sewer tunnel or a stormwater tunnel. You know, it's still quite narrow. This is not goofy video game sewer system, which is, you know, 10 foot tall, 10 foot wide. You know, it's probably <laughs> like three or four feet, but you're, you're able to move a little easier. Claire, do you have something you would like to do? Otherwise, I think we should just keep pursuing. Keep on. Yep. Yeah, I think we, I probably send a sploot or two to Duncan like updates on where we're at okay you know my assumption is that that's how we'll communicate about whatever he discovers you're gonna have to at me specifically i have notifications muted (laughs) of course you do i know this though (laughs) of course i know this yeah i mean i think we're just carrying on right like it's tunnel life that's how it goes cowabunga dudes 
you press onward following the sounds. Claire, as you continue to move forward, you notice as you beam your smile down one of these passageways that there is a root that has broken through. Hmm. I touch it. (laughs) You touch it, and you hear a voice in your mind say, oh, hey, Claire, what's up? (laughs) Uh, Was this you? Yeah, it's me, Walker, of course. Uh, No, 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 I mean, was this, and I, like, point forward in the Clunkanax direction. Was this you? Oh, no, no. Oh, that was cool. that was you all. Cool, cool. What are you doing? Yeah, I'm taking over the library. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh-huh. You want, uh, why? Knowledge. Fun. <sighs> Actually, Claire, I could kind of use your help. There are a few librarians upstairs who have noticed some of the saplings, and it's getting a little violent. Do you think you could possibly help me out? And uh, Claire, my dear Claire, I am going to activate your entropic soul move. (gasps) The fractures you gain are fissures from which the vestiges of entropic horror seep through. The ceaseless whispers the GM may ask you to do something dangerous or hurtful in line with the darker aspects of one of your fractures. And your Uh current fracture is Rudy Fomo. Yes, it is. Uh Yes, Uh, it is. So Walker would like you to help with their project their Rudy mm-hmm. project if you refuse mark one vestige I'm not sure that I refuse to play to play this out a bit I think Claire kind of pauses for a moment and goes when you say violent towards the librarians or towards you I mean they started it <laughs> mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. just trying to grow in peace okay when you acquire all this knowledge for fun totally makes sense are you planning to uh, take over the town in any kind of way uh, no. No judgment. No judgment. Been there. I Just don't curious. want to take over the town. Hmm. <laughs> I've never really been a manager, Claire. No, that's true, yeah. You and I both, we're not really big fans of bureaucracy. No, it's messy. It's <sighs> so messy. Better to kill people. Anyway. You get me. I really do. You know, I'll, I'll tell you what. My answer is yes, but I've been doing some growth of my own. And <laughs> the root kind of like grows a little more. <laughs> and Walker says, nice. Hey, <laughs> I, I give the root a high five. Yeah, the root um, high fives you. Great. You know, I, I, I live long enough, you see everything. And you're about to see your friend Claire tell you that violence isn't always the answer. So, and by violence, I mean murder. So as long as you let me help you in trapping or expelling the librarians let's just not kill them i'm i'm fine with that that's fine I can, if, I can if you can out. stop them in a non-violent way uh that's sure go for non-murdery. it that's great non-murdery yeah way. same thing yeah 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 sure uh, yeah all right oh we're also dealing with this clunkanax thing so i kind of need to be able to do both a little bit of a multi-project situation going on here eh, it's uh, the clunkanax isn't going anywhere it'll be there when you get back yeah, okay. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, just head back the way you came. I'll send a root to guide you. Okay. <laughs> I turn to Max, and I root through my bag, and I pull out a retainer box, and I pull out my retainers, which also glow immaculately in the dark. <laughs> Matching set. And I hand them to Max, and I go, I got to do a, a quick thing. For a friend, I will meet up with you all a little farther down the road, 
but here, I don't want you to not have not have a flashlight. And I hand Max the retainer. Uh... Max, from your perspective, you just see Claire holding hands with a root, which is oh, okay. growing uh, quite rapidly. And also it looks like it may have given her a high five. Okay, well, cool. Elodie is at the, the next turn, like the next corner, and she looks back at the two of you and is like, are you coming or what? Uh, is Claire done with her exchange with the... Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, Claire just handed me the retainer. Mm-hmm. Thank you, mm-hmm. thank, thank you, Claire. I don't use it, don't worry. Where did it come from? The retainer? Yeah. Oh, custom order. I just, I never bother. So I just have it with me at all times, but never put it on. Ain't that the truth? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a joke for anyone who's ever had a retainer. <laughs> they live in a box <laughs> in their retainer home. That's where they belong. And yep. it's, a, it's a little. It's a very expensive maraca. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Parents weep everywhere hearing that. <laughs> I will have everybody know that I do wear my bottom retainer because I don't want to wear the top teeth too thin. But I cannot get my top retainer back in. <laughs> Those teeth. Of- my smile looks fine. I'm perfectly, there's nothing wrong with it. It looks fine. It's fine. Um, well, Claire, I guess if you have to go and deal with plant stuff, I'm a little unclear. Yeah, there might be like a takeover of the library. If it gets out of hand, I'll rein him in. It's better that I'm there than not there, you know? Okay. Max definitely was looking forward to having somebody else there to triangulate this difficult interpersonal relationship, but... (laughs) Feet to the fire. Here you go. All right. Well, uh, have fun storming the library, I guess. Uh, Yep, yep. And I, like, give Claire, like, a little wave, and then, yeah, all right, I'm coming. And I think Claire sends you a sploot as soon as she's out of sight. That is a list of topics, conversation starters for you with uh-huh. Elodie. Okay. Uh, what's what's number one? Um, guess that metal. Do you think this <laughs> pipe is made out of chrome? Is it? Well, yeah. What metal? Dealer's choice. Another one is. Boy, is it drafty in here? And then you wait for their <laughs> response. Um, another one is. Have you seen season two of White Lotus? What did you think? White Lotus permeates all worlds, apparently. Um, Oh, I was going to say White Lotus is a carnivorous plant, which is live splooted uh, 24-7 as it grows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you watch the the live cam? Yeah. And then I think the other one is like, if you had to eat cupcakes or cookies for the rest of your life, which one would you pick and why? That that conversation can spiral. And you don't have to think about where it goes. It just kind of has a life of its own. Okay. Well... I appreciate this list. I'm scrolling through the whole thing. It's very <laughs> helpful. Thank you, Claire. Castanets. That's what I couldn't remember. That's what your retainer is. <laughs> Cast- <laughs> Castanets. <laughs> yes. It really is. Okay, sorry. Go on. Incredible. Uh, we see Max press on with Elodie and Claire double back into the library. And with that, we are going to jump to... Duncan. Hmm? Duncan, you are exiting the public library through the main doors into the crisp, cool, 
evening air of somewhere. I scrunch my jacket up a little more around my neck and I head off to the bank. The first bank of somewhere is an old, imposing building. It's made of brick, the color of which defies description or explanation. There's a, a large sort of stately archway and uh, a series of columns in the front. Unlike normal banks, it's open 26 hours a day, 12 days a week, to meet the needs of anyone who finds themselves with just a little bit too much money on their hands in somewhere. Inside is a plain, nondescript, mediocre business hospitality lobby. Further back, there are a handful of teller stations. Most of them are darkened, but you do see that there is currently one open. I march up with a false confidence here in the bank. Duncan doesn't really go to the bank very often. Not a huge amount of money in public radio. <laughs> I march up confidently to the teller in the bank and I click my pog down on the counter and be like, I have too many of this. Uh, that appears to be one pog. Yeah, and it's getting ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to learn the process of containing and dealing with too much currency. And as I'm saying that, I'm pulling out my audio recorder and introduce myself I'm Duncan Oliver, local reporter for WSOM Radio Somewhere. We're running a explainer news piece on where your money goes and how it is safely sequestered away to boost confidence in the community. Oh, a reporter. Okay, well, I don't think you need to worry about this little guy, but I'm happy to talk you through the process. And the teller, whose name is Eric, named after at Eric the BMO on Twitter. Thanks for tweeting about the show, Eric. Woo. Eric, who has like a little First Bank of Somewhere name tag, pulls out like a little First Bank of Somewhere branded envelope and slips the pog into it. <laughs> a deposit uh, and, slip. <laughs> yeah, and seals it up nice and tight and hands it back to you. Mm -hmm. What do you want to know? Happy to, happy to talk through things. Well, curious about a couple things. One, would just love to hear about and see your standards and procedures for uh, sequestering value away safely. And to ask a historical question about if there have been any incidents here at the First Bank of Somewhere and how you might have dealt with that. Are you trying to naturally interview him? Sure, I'll naturally interview him. Hey. I'll use my move. I got a 12. Okay. I think that's two holds, right? Uh, yes. On 10 plus, hold two. Okay. I think Eric looks at you and smiles a very big, warm smile and says, Oh, big questions. Big questions for Mr. Reporter. Okay, well, let's see here. I can't walk you through the process without uh, officially talking to our PR department, but I'm happy to talk through it if that's all right with you. That will do for now. I'll come back with the camera. I like this guy's smile. I don't like his tone. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you been working here, Eric? I've been working here for eight years. I'm a eight lifer. Years. Oh, that's almost a career. Birth to death. Not actually, because I, I, I'm, I'm more than eight years old, but you know what I mean. <laughs> mm, don't well, protest too much. Mm. <laughs> Couldn't tell, Eric. Couldn't tell. My questions. Um, well, I like the interesting natural interviewer questions. My general angle is I am trying to just learn what the bank does, because I don't think yeah, I don't Sebastian think... have ever been particularly interested yeah, I mean, I won't make you spend a question for that. I'm happy to kind of like sure 
Well, we here at First Bank of Somewhere have a proprietary system for separating, dividing, and cataloging valuables to make sure that they don't fuse together. I can't go into all the details, unfortunately, given that there are some trade secrets in there. You don't stay the First Bank of Somewhere if you tell everybody everything. But I can tell you that we rely on a, a very precise, detailed cataloging system to make sure that not only are types of currency separated, but individual amounts are kept in manageable volumes mm, of course sensible oh extremely sensible that's a pedigree of this place have you ever been called out is the bank the one to call say a citizen in somewhere wakes up one morning to a a windfall a larger than usual inheritance maybe dropped at their doorstep and it begins to cause trouble is the first bank of somewhere a number that they should call or i guess a term that they should yell out into the streets Oh, of course. We do our best to stay on top of any situations in the community. You know, we've actually run some ads on your show. Always happy to sponsor our, our good friends at WSOM. If we hear about anything or if we get the call, one of our containment crews will go out there and make sure that the situation is taken care of lickety split. I personally, I'm not, I'm not in the field. I'm not, I'm not really a field guy, if you know what I'm saying. I'm more of a desk guy. I like to, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I like to keep things easy and simple. But yeah, we, we definitely can take care of that for you. I'm going to ask one of my questions. What does this person not want me to know? Eric is projecting a robust sense of confidence mm -hmm. and he doesn't want you to know that once an amalgamation has actually formed it's much harder to address it than preventing one in the first place which is why the first bank of somewhere is so proactive bordering on in intrusive uh with uh -huh. with people's money right of course um the second hold i will just ask the general what here's useful or valuable to me do they have any special equipment that they send out? I think Eric smiles at you again, just this very large smile and says, that's the basics. I'm happy to, to talk through anything else, assuming it's not kept confidential. But if you're really worried, I don't, I don't think this one little pog is going to trouble you, but I'm happy to give you a, a free sample of our starter separation kit so you can keep your money safe at home. That would be lovely. We'd love to go through that and uh, detail that for the community. Fabulous. I'll run and get that just faster than a button's nose. And Eric, and I kind of like hold his, his arm as he has my little envelope of a pog. Yes, Duncan? If there's anything you need to say off the record, you can always come to WSOM Radio somewhere. Are you trying to do something here? Was that you, Quinn, asking, or is that Eric? <laughs> Eric no, asking. that's me, Quinn, asking, like... Do you Eric, have a goal? Am I, <laughs> Eric, am I trying to do something here? Wait a minute. Are we trying to do something here? Are you trying to start something here, Duncan Oliver? No, uh, that's me, Quinn, asking if this, if you have a motive with this. No, no, just if he's, he's been eight years, if he's projecting a confidence, but is, I'm just trying to ga ga gather sources. Okay. He seems um, to uh, honestly believe in the sequestering of, of wealth and the safety involved in that. So if there's anything that's going on in the bank that is leaking wealth or if the sequestering is not going as well according to plan okay he would and he needs a a helpful ear to the community yeah he takes your card and says okay well if, if anything gets out of hand here or if there's some big old cover-up or secret that i need to let you know about i'll give you a call duncan oliver uh now let me go get that for you real quick you bet eric uh i didn't get your last name it's bimo BMO. Eric Bimo. Eric Bimo. 
Eric disappears from the teller station and returns a few minutes later with what kind of like looks like an oversized bento box almost. And inside are a dozen of those envelopes that he used to hold your pog. And then there's a larger box that looks like it could hold a bit more volume Mm -hmm. and some, what do we think is one other item that's part of this financial containment starter kit? Mm. Like managing your money 101 with the first bank of somewhere. Yeah. Is there a testing device, whether it's like one of those little jewelers thing you stick in your eye to look at things or like a little miniature set of scales? Ooh, yeah, I like that. Uh, I think there's like a, yeah, like a miniature scale. And if you put an amount of money on it, it'll warn you if it's getting too much. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's so calibrated to wealth. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. So there's a set of envelopes. There's one bigger box and then there's a set of scales. If I inspect the envelopes, do they look like just ordinary envelopes or do they have something else to them? They're branded with First Bank of Somewhere script. And why don't you give me a roll to assess reality? Okay. Plus one to that. Ah, that's a 10 plus one, 11. Here we go. Much better this time. Hold two. I will ask what here is not what it appears to be. These envelopes have been consecrated or perhaps desecrated by a financial advisor. (laughs) Is there any danger I haven't noticed? They have been consecrated or perhaps desecrated by a financial advisor. Be careful what I put inside these envelopes. Which it's not a secret or even a surprise that the First Bank of Somewhere would work with financial advisors, but... It is quite dangerous. Mm-hmm. So you are using the infernal tools of accounting and budgeting. Whew. I uh, put one back. I put the one I was inspecting back in the, the little bento box. And I will, I will pocket my plus one ongoing as long as that information is relevant. Yep. All right. Anything else I can do for you, Duncan Oliver? I close it up and be like, no, that's great. You know, you've got a pretty, you got a, a nice voice, a good voice for radio. We should have you on sometime. I would be very flattered. I'm sure you could maybe answer some questions from our audience. Oh, I would love to provide financial counsel to the good people of somewhere. Sounds like a new segment. Oh, wow. Uh, on the Pogs. On the Pogs with Eric Bemo. <laughs> Duncan, this has been a treat. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. No, thank you. No, thank you. Is that the scene? Uh, we don't have to work, work through it, but Duncan does open an account with his one pog. Okay. <laughs> Incredible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to 2023. It's your GM Quinn here. Thanks so much for tuning in as we kick off this new year. After conferring with William the Beeromancer, Principal, the Screaming Fog, and the fathomless entity inside the gas station, I can confidently say that this is going to be Monster Hour's weirdest and wildest year yet. Strap in. New Year also means new you. The old you is gone! Don't bother trying to look for them. Instead, start off your new you by spreading the good word of Monster Hour to your friends, family, coworkers, teammates, PTA members, real estate agents, bank tellers, and city council members. How, you ask? Well, you could speak words directly to their face, you could send your words to them over the World Wide Web, or you could even leave your words somewhere where strangers can find them. Don't forget that if you include hashtag MonsterHourPod in your words and we find them, and we are always watching. 
you might wind up with a character named after you, like perky bank teller Eric Bemo. I want to give a special shout out this week to the newest member of WSOM's Eternal Pledge Drive, Casey. Thank you to all of our patrons for supporting the show and helping to make this season possible. I would note that uh, as of this recording, uh, we are only about $25 away from our goal of commissioning some bureaucratic tarot cards to celebrate William the Beeromancer's ministerial portents. We're also recording our first NPC origin episode for somewhere that I hope to have up later this month. So if you've been on the fence, now is a great time to sign up. Patreon.com slash Monster Hour or follow the link in the show notes. You know the deal. Finally, we have an important but unfortunate announcement this week. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Hannah, but before I do, just a quick content warning for loss of a pet. As many of you who have listened to our podcast for a while know that I have a rather chatty cat, Francis, who makes an appearance at the most inopportune times. And unfortunately, uh, a couple weeks ago when I was on vacation, he took a turn for the worse. My house sitter and friend Jenny made him very comfortable so that I could get home and say goodbye to him. And I'm really missing my little buddy. I had him for nine years. He made it through law school and sitting for the bar and a year of unemployment and a really shitty first legal job. Two moves. And it is not an exaggeration to say that sometimes that cat was the only reason that I got out of bed. If you've got pets of your own, give them an extra hug. My hope is that Annie will step up and join us as the time cat. She has really been exercising her vocal cords early in the morning to step into this role. And uh, I just, I, I wanted to make sure everybody knew what a special guy Francis was. And such an important part of our podcast here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's all we've got for you this week, dear listeners. Tune in January 24th for the next broadcast of WSOM, Radio Somewhere. Claire, you wind your way back towards the library through the twisting, constricting pipes and tunnels and passageways until eventually you reach the janitor's closet in the grand room of the Somewhere Public Library. And once more, push the grate back and step into the room. Okay. What do I see? You see the scene that you saw previously, the sort of wreckage in the the aftermath of the Klunkanax. I think there are a few of those shimmering silver entities that look kind of like your outfit uh, that are are floating around, just sort of slowly cleaning up the, the debris. In the distance, I do think you can hear the sounds of... Something? It's not entirely clear. There's some thuds, and I think you can hear the sound of what appear to be human voices, but it's a bit muffled, it's a bit dim, so it's not entirely clear what's happening. Oh, and poking up through the tiles just ahead of you is a small sapling. I walk over to the sapling. As you approach, one of its branches kind of sprouts just a little bit more, and then curves and points out of the room towards the Grand Hall. Yeah, she's just going to kind of continue forward and follow what she presumes is Walker giving her these directions. Safe assumption. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, so you exit the Grand Room. Outside of that space, the library is much darker. It is after hours, after all. 
Most of the sections are dimly lit by pale, watery sconces as you pass by rows and rows and rows of stacks with books in all bindings and colors and, and thicknesses. Claire, give me a roll to assess reality. Oh boy. Listeners, as a reminder, Claire has a minus one to wits. So. <laughs> That's a good old fashioned five. We see Claire wandering these <laughs> halls, following <laughs> the occasional sapling, the occasional root protruding through the stone and marble of the Somewhere Public Library as it beckons her on and forward. And as Claire passes by one of these bookshelves, we see one of the books fall off. And then it pushes itself up and starts waddling after her. But Claire, you don't see any of this. (laughs) (laughs) As Walker's vegetal form leads you to a crossroads in the library, marginally better lit where you can see several larger plants. They kind of look like some of the carnivorous plants, but they appear to be growing out of the stone, Hmm. like hanging from the ceiling, erupting from the floor. And they're engaged in some rather robust combat with several (laughs) robed hooded figures whose cowls cover their faces that you cannot see. Uh Aha. What do you do? Do I recognize the hooded figures as librarians? Have I ever seen a librarian? Have you ever been to the public library? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, that, I take that back. a narrow slice of... I take that back. I have been there before because Claire was looking up old historic town records to get old photos of herself. Uh, okay. That's right. Yeah. Uh, You're in the microfilms. Yeah. Even having just heard of librarians, I think you would recognize these as librarians of the Summer Public Library. Okay. I think I turn to them and I go, librarians, I'm here. Don't worry. I have a solution to your problem. It's called cute outerwear. All three librarians turn and you can see pairs of glowing white eyes. The rest of their faces shadowed beyond recognition. And you hear a trio of hisses. Yes, I am attempting to goad them. That dig at their at their hood was 100% meant as a goading thing. But if it doesn't get enough <laughs> of a reaction, I have a plan B. They don't appear to need a lot of provocation. So <laughs> sure. go ahead and give me a roll to goad. You can roll against your reputation with bureaucracy, or you can roll, because you have your move, you can roll plus chaos. I'm going to roll plus chaos. Okay. An 11. On a hit, they make a move against you. On a 10 plus, choose two of the options from the list below. They react irrationally. They commit significant resources. They overlook your allies or they overplay their hand. I would say they commit significant resources if that means what I think it means, which is I'm trying to get all of their attention on me. That would uh, like, that would ensure that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then they overlook my allies. Essentially, they ignore Walker and redirect to me. Yeah, I think all three librarians pull their cowls a little bit closer, and you see their eyes flash, and one of them steps forward and says, You're not supposed to be in the library after hours. I think I, I'm assuming there's a book within arm's reach of me. Well, there right? are many. There are <laughs> hundreds of <laughs> yeah. books. I think I just grab one nearby and I go, 
Well, that's one of many rules I plan to break tonight. And I rip a page out and eat it and start (gasps) running and grabbing books. What? And running towards (laughs) towards the restroom of the library with the intention of having them follow me. That is what the... So, my goal is yeah so that you, you there's going to be a bunch of moves in a row here based on what you just did <laughs> <laughs> so f- first up give me a roll to embrace chaos as you eat this All book right. i ate a page yeah i mean that's gonna be an 11 again <laughs> okay hell yeah hell uh, yeah on a 10 plus choose two options from the list below okay what i what i'm trying to do and you can tell me based on these two options which one fits better you know, I assume that I should be clear in framing what's happening here. Sure. Uh, you eating part of this book has activated an entropic power. Oh, I see. Oh, this isn't about like... the librarians. This is what happens. <laughs> no, to this me is a consequence eating. of you tearing a page out of this book, which a- as it. you swallow, you see all of the pages <laughs> in here are blank. Uh-huh. It's like you've eaten a okay. page of a potion. I'm going to go ahead and subvert this power to achieve my ends, taking a plus one forward. Okay. And I am going to briefly wield this power's effect. Okay. You swallow, and for a moment, Claire, it's like the feeling of when Rudy took you out of time. You're completely transported to another space. You are running down a street. And you are being chased by a rabid Maserati and you're (laughs) dodging and weaving and and duck. You're like jumping over bollards, like the little metal things that they put in streets to try to block cars. You're like anything, everything that you can do to, to stay out of the way of this. And you realize that this is someone else's memory. As you realize that, it's like when you realize you're in a dream and suddenly you have control of it and you get kind of like a a 50-50 split between this memory that you're experiencing and your actual physical real life predicament of running full bore through the library being chased by these trio of librarians as books begin to fly off the shelves towards you, including one that actually was creeping up behind you and has leapt towards you. So go ahead and give me a roll to face fear Uh, as you attempt to navigate this maelstrom of literary and bibliographical proportions. (laughs) Well, that's also an 11, so okay. do what you want. Can't, <laughs> can't miss. Okay, so on a 10+, plus, you accomplished what you set out to do. How do you sprint through this swarm of books? I think I start tap dancing. So I'm like doing like a very, very big leaps and jumps that's ballet style, and then tap dancing, and while tap dancing, kicking and flailing books away. And uh, it's a secret class that... Claire has been going to in the back alley that is specifically like a self-defense tap dancing class against (laughs) the elements of bureaucracy. Incredible. Uh, Okay, so you tap dance your way to the bathroom. Is that where you said you were going? Yes, I'm trying to lure the librarians to the bathroom. Okay, yeah. feels like you're just trapping yourself in the bathroom. Well, I'm certainly trying to trap somebody in there. (laughs) (laughs) What are you going to do? You're going to like open the door, throw a book in and see if they'll go running after it? We'll get there when we get there, Hannah. (laughs) Well, Claire, you defensively tap dance your way to the nearest bathroom and throw open the door and the library's stayed facility is before you. Great. Where are the librarians? Have they followed? They're hot on your heels. 
along with a host of books. Awesome. I'm holding a book in my hand. I grabbed some as I was going, as we established. I throw it on the ground in the middle of the room and light it on fire. And then I position myself to be... I'm essentially trying to be like when you walk through a door, immediately to your right or left is the last thing you actually see because what you're first seeing is what's in front of you. And my goal is to have them open the door, see books on fire, and that be a distraction that I can then use to shove them in there and I'm going to close the door on my way out. Give me a roll to hoodwink. I may also ask for Walker's help since the agreement was that I was helping them. And I think getting locked in a bathroom with a burning book is preferable to death. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think Walker is fighting a battle on more fronts than you probably are aware of. Uh, so they're not going to be able to help you. But if you want to push yourself, you can do that. All righty. I will absolutely push myself. Well, that's an eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. hey, it could be worse. On a seven and nine, yeah. your ploy works, but the GM will introduce a complication or consequence. Claire, you go into the bathroom, you set the book alight, and it starts to emit a horrendous shrieking sound. <laughs> you step to the side, you lure these three librarians in, and you are able to step out. But as you are closing the door, you see one of the librarians turn, lock eyes with you, and they bring their hand up, and that like this thin, spindly, almost spidery finger is held up to where their lips would be, though you cannot see them, and you hear the faintest shh. What? I and as the door shuts, you try to say that, but no sound comes out. Can she still sploot, though? <laughs> <laughs> she can still sploot. Only time will tell. Feels like she should be able to sploot. We'll find out next episode. <laughs> Stay tuned for the next episode of Dragon Balls. Wait, no. <laughs> Let's jump to Max. Yes. You and Elodie emerge from the sewer system. I think as you travel, you pass by a lot of strange root formations, which is a bit odd. But regardless, you and Elodie eventually reach a large spout and go tumbling end over end into the back alley. Ahead of you is a narrow zigzagging alleyway. To the right of you is a set of stairs that goes up before switching to a 90 degree angle and then proceeding along as a, a different network. And ahead of you on the sidewalk, you see a slight scuff of golden glitter. Okay, well, using my stellar powers of deduction, it sure feels like the Klunkanax <laughs> went that away. But uh, maybe we should like circle around and one person can go that way. And the other person can go around, see if we can catch it. A pincer maneuver? Yes. Would you care to go left or right? Um, I'll go left. Fabulous. And Elodie walks up the set of stairs that switches directions and disappears around a corner alleyway. Okay, so I'm going left. Max, you head down one of the narrow passageways of the back alley. And as you navigate up ahead, you can hear a commotion underway. And I think you recognize based on signs and landmarks that you are not far from the market. I run. I move faster. 
you take off down the back alley. And minutes later, we see you burst forth into the makeshift bazaar of the back alley marketplace to see a scene of panic and disarray. There are stalls wrecked and overturned. There are people hastily gathering goods and fleeing into various alleyways. There's screams and cries and commotion. And amidst all of this, you can see toy soldiers running back and forth, taking up uh, (laughs) positions behind fallen debris. And up ahead, with a ghoulish metallic roar, you see the Klunkanax rampaging through the back alley market. Now the size of an elephant. Oh, God. What the fuck, Quinn? What do you do? <laughs> what the fuck? I would like to... If you would like to assess reality, certainly you could yes, at this point. I would like to assess reality. That is an 11. Hold two. Okay, I would like to know what is useful or valuable to me. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, let's see here. I think there are a number of defensive positions that you could take up along with the toy soldiers. I think you can see that they're doing their best to contain the Klunkanax, albeit not with any significant efficacy. There's plenty of exits, so I don't think you need to worry ton about people being able to get away what's useful or valuable to you here is what you can deny this entity which is the remaining valuables left in the market of which there are some okay you can see that the damage is pretty extensive in this half but not nearly so bad in the other half okay i would also like to know who or what is really in control here no one this is a scene (laughs) of absolute mayhem Okay. The cl- I mean, if anyone is in control, it's the Klunkanax, mm-hmm. but it acts on a pretty bestial level intelligence as best as you can discern. Okay, well, I'm going to first take a little bit of time and send out a sploot that everyone should avoid the market. How many followers does Max have? On <laughs> Good question. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> Look, how many followers... Does a town billboard have that conveys messages? What about a traveling bard? How many followers do they have? How many followers did Homer have? When we're talking about Homer as the the tradition of oral storytelling passed down generation to generation. How many followers did they have, I ask you? Mm-hmm. Not a Max lot. has 10 followers. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of them's Duncan, but you didn't at me specifically, so I didn't get this one. I'm on my way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Around you as you're splooting the toy soldiers, uh-huh. you can hear the screams, bring it down, bring it down. And you see like a tiny little grenade fly over oh, towards no. the Klunkanax. It collides and there's a tiny little explosion, just like mm-hmm. the little boop. And <laughs> so you see cute. one pog fly off of the Klunkanax and oh, uh, land at its interesting at its feet. Okay. And, and it starts getting dragged back towards it as the, the creature continues its rampage. I turn to the toy soldiers and I go, discretion is the better part of valor. You must retreat. Give me your, give me your roll this way. <laughs> this is not gonna go well uh that's a five the soldier looks at you and says we would die for general jackie they are going to die for general jackie so uh it pulls out a, a little toy rifle and shoots at the clunk and it has absolutely no effect yep 
Yep. Okay. But yeah, they're right. they're not going anywhere. <laughs> and then how many other people are still in the market? I think it's hard to say exactly how many because it's it, it is a very chaotic scene, but you know, probably ten or fifteen. Mostly in the other half that are trying to like clear their valuables uh away before the clunk and axe arrives. Okay, so what I'm hearing is somebody needs to distract the clunk and axe so these good citizens can escape. Probably wouldn't hurt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I pull out the Zwei hander and I'm gonna take a swing at it. But this is also an educational, this is a knowledge gathering thing. I want to see if me causing damage to it will cause it to shrink. Give me a roll to fight for your life. All right. Uh, that's an eight. On a seven to nine, you inflict harm on one another as established. So what does your strike look like? Why well, yell? I do like a cool yell. I'm not going to do it right now because I have a cold. And But you do a super cool yell. I do. It's super cool. It's really cool. It's the coolest yell anybody has ever done. Extremely intimidating. And I do kind of like a leap and a swing with the sword. Probably towards, like, its back flank. I guess the flank is the back. No, that's flank the side. Flank. <laughs> yeah. The no. back. Oh. Or the butt. Right. The, the butt. haunches. The haunches. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the clunkin' haunch. The clunkin' axe haunch. The, the clunk haunch mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's be clear. It's a very good haunch. They oh, created yeah. an excellent haunch. He's a big boy. Yeah. I mean, it only kind of has haunches because, remember, its bottom half is like a a horrible writhing mass of irregular legs that are like human insecto tentaloid. Mm-hmm. That's a good haunch. Anyway, that's but what yeah. I call a solid haunch. That's a good haunch. Yeah. So you leap forward and take a good slice out of the Clunkanax's haunch. And as you do, it explodes into like a shower of pogs and then a handful of other items that you're familiar with from the back alley market. Mm-hmm. It sprays outward and it goes scattering across the cobblestone of the marketplace. It does almost immediately, especially the pieces that are close to the Clunkanax, start magnetically drawing back towards it. But yeah, it, it you took a good chunk out of it. And especially the stuff that's further away, it's taken some time to get back. Okay. In turn, however, uh-huh. the Cerberus of Klunkanax heads spins rapidly like a merry-go-round, freezes on your face, roars, and then its mouth opens far, far wider than it should and clamps down on you uh. as you are chomped by your own face for too hard. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, boy. Bit by my own face. We'll investigate the meaning of that later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am going to try and scoop up some of the loot and retreat. I think this is a face fear. When you attempt something risky in the face of fear or danger, roll plus pluck. Uh, it's a 12. Okay. Woo! Uh, you accomplished what you set out to do. What does it look like? Well, first of all, my shoulder hurts because I got bitten. And I think I quickly sheathed the Zweihander on my back. And I was wearing something rather elaborate to the function. And I think it had like a lot of loose fabric. And so I'm using that to like scoop all this stuff up and hold it. And then I am scurrying away like a little pizza rat. Yeah, so you like you scurry away like a little rat. And the, the Clunkanax comes like lumbering after you. And as you flee for a moment, it looks like it's going to descend upon you. When from the periphery of your vision, you see it struck with a powerful blow pushing straight through its body is a sharp silver tip sword. 
uh, mm. a saber. Mm. And then yeah. mm. following that mm -hmm. point is Elodie. And she goes clean yeah. through roughly where its sort of neck maybe is. <laughs> shooting a spray of pogs and gold doubloons out along with her. In that fount of valuables, she tumbles end over end before coming to a Marvel superhero stop on the three-point stance. <laughs> the Klunkanax, pelted by artillery from Jackie's toy soldier army, having suffered this calamitous blow, lost some of its mass already to you, Max, roars its trio of metallic shrieks once more and starts bounding off out of the back alley market. I think we gotta follow that Klunkanax. Elodie walks over to you and uh, offers a hand. Yeah, I take it. You reach up to grab Elodie's proffered hand, and as you do, your hand goes right through hers. Oh, no. She looks puzzled for a moment, and you see her whole frame flicker once and then twice in rapid succession. She looks down, locks eyes with you, and says, Oh, and then disappears. <laughs> oh, Quinn. Oh, that's so sick. That's so fucking good. <laughs> <laughs>